Welcome to From Earning to Learning, the podcast where we talk about all things education. I'm your host, Dave Franjosen. Welcome to episode 15 of From Earning to Learning. I'm Dave Franjosen. Today we're going to discuss consistency. As I've mentioned many times, the more predictable the classroom experience is, and the less mental bandwidth needed to figure out what's expected, the more working memory there is available to learn. We take a lot of time to make sure this is occurring in our lessons, but it extends beyond just the curriculum. How we structure our courses, deliver instruction, and interact with students can either support or undermine the best laid lesson plans. And I know it continues to get increasingly more challenging as districts implement mindfulness, social-emotional learning, and equity initiatives. Oftentimes, and I can give some specific examples, but I don't want to make this about calling districts out. I want this to be about how classroom teachers and people making decisions can be more aware of the impacts of these decisions. So a lot of times, the only reason a district is even entertaining these initiatives is because there's a monetary incentive or um, it's to appease the public. Whether or not people are honest about the reasons behind the adoption of these policies, those reasons will shape the implementation and ultimately how they impact students. When approached from a less than genuine interest in these programs, they're often viewed as activities that we fit into our curriculum. We find time here and there to do a lesson or run an assembly or two and throw out some buzzwords. When we do that, students just look at this as that thing we did in first period that has no impact on my education. They go through the motions and rarely think any deeper about it. If we take mindfulness and social emotional learning as an example, some schools will show students how important these are by dedicating 10 minutes every morning to meditation. They'll talk about some strategies students can use when they're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, and then they send them on to their day that's structured to stress and overwhelm them. They're not looking at the underlying systemic issues that are causing these challenges in the first place. School systems aren't just doing this to students. They're doing it to teachers as well, preaching the importance of practicing self-care while not only continuing, but sometimes even implementing more unsustainable and unmanageable expectations that lead to the need for it in the first place. So we all know how that feels. We all felt it this year. In some cases, that's exactly what we're doing to our students. So how does this tie into consistency? We often compartmentalize the challenges schools are facing. We look at the emotional well-being of students and create a committee to study it. We create another committee to investigate issues of equitable practices, looking at it as something completely different, and yet another to look at the academic achievement or achievement gaps. You know, that's far from a comprehensive list, but you get the point, right? We're trying to find activities or approaches to correct 
a symptom of a larger problem. It's my opinion that all of these challenges are interconnected and you can't address one without addressing all of them. So rather than looking at these as activities we do, we need to make this a mindset that permeates everything we do. Rather than telling a student that these things are important and here's how you approach it, then sending a conflicting message that, well, this is all the time we have allotted to it, so we need to move on to a learning environment that's the exact opposite of everything we just discussed. If we're truly committed to these initiatives, design learning experience so that social-emotional learning and equity are features of the course, not activities within it. Those discussions of why these initiatives are of critical importance are now supported by a consistent message that I value these so much that the course was built upon them. Now, that doesn't need to be explicitly stated, but students will make the connections, right? They'll see the discussions and they'll see the design of the course, and it will have a positive impact on the class. In the next couple of episodes, I'll talk about how we can embed social-emotional learning and equitable practices into the design of the course so that we can remove the obstacles that are getting in the way of student growth. Thanks for listening. I look forward to hearing your feedback. For more resources, visit www.reimagineschools.com or reach out to me on Twitter at David Franjosa.